and welcome to another episode of Arrow, Chapter, and Verse. This time we're talking about Supergirl Season 2, Episode 8, Medusa. And, oh boy, do I have a bunch of bones to pick with this episode. Now, let's start with uh, Monel is at the alien bar, the unnamed alien bar. And uh, he is having a drink. Somebody uh, comes up and hits on him, and he notices a mysterious cloaked figure who looks a lot like uh, Jean Jones in the bar. Uh, so he blows off the woman who's coming to hit on him, or who, who has hit on him, and uh, walks over to where the cloaked figure was. And the cloaked figure is now gone. And he walks outside, and he says, Jean, and the cloaked figure starts punching him because it is, of course, Hank Haywood, or Cyborg Superman, as he insists on being called, even though he looks nothing like Superman. Anyway, so they throw a few punches, and... Uh, Cyborg Superman tosses Monel into a dumpster, and we we cut back to the bar, and we notice that uh, Hank has left actual Hank Haywood, this is Cyborg Superman. I I don't know because we want to differentiate him from Cyborg of the Teen Titans, and we've been calling John Jones Hank Haywood interchangeably, so let's just call him the evil Hank Haywood. So evil Hank has left a little package on the underside of the bar, and it starts emitting a mist, and um, people start dying. As it turns out. Only the aliens start dying, right? So there's a bunch of humans running from the bar, and Monel tries to go back inside, and he's like, "What happened?" And he's like, "The aliens are, are, are dead." So they he goes back to the DEO. They put him in quarantine because you know they don't want him passing whatever he had to say Supergirl and Sean. They're not sure at this point whether it's a toxin or whether it's a virus. Uh, I will say that given the way it acted and the speed with which it acted, it certainly looked like a toxin, uh, but apparently wasn't, uh, because we find out that uh, it is a virus, and we, we find out there's a bunch of, well, why, does, uh, why did they want my blood? Uh, I don't know, why did uh, Lily and Luther take your blood? Who knows what they're doing with the blood? And Supergirl's like, wait, I know why they wanted the blood. They wanted to get into the Fortress of Solitude, which we discussed in the last episode of Supergirl. Uh, they certainly did, um, in a in a very in a very dumb, dumb way. I mean, it's it's great that you could just like, you know, uh, I don't recognize you. Let me pour this vial of blood on my hand. Okay, now I recognize you. All right. I mean, yes, he did hit a control console, but still, people still. So uh, Supergirl flies back to the Fortress of Solitude. And um, the robot recognizes her and then says she's an intruder. But it's really weird. The robot's like, welcome, Karazorel. There is an intruder. Who's the intruder? You are, Karazorel, and you must be destroyed. And it's like, you, you, you're, as a robot guardian, you, like, what's with the dramatic, what, who programmed you? Come, come here. Let me, let me readjust this. Maybe give you a lesson in the three laws of robotics every time you try to attack somebody it just turns out wrong so let's just remove that entirely okay uh so supergirl activates the console finds out about the medusa virus finds out that her dad created the medusa virus to kill specifically non-kryptonians now okay Let's record scratch right now, because I need to talk about a few things. Uh, let me start off with the creation of the virus, because that predates everything else. Okay, so the Kryptonians managed to create a virus that kills everybody who's not Kryptonian. 
I there's a long pause there because I'm trying to get my mind around that. Uh, that is, you you can't do that. Biology is at least as presented on or um, in the DC universe. It's too different for that to work, right? In order for that to work, you'd have to attack something that all of these species have in common, which would be something that most likely the Kryptonians would have in common too. Like, it's essentially, you're looking for the one thing that all of these species have in common uh, that Kryptonians don't. Um, so, uh, that's super weird. Like, that that's not a, a, a thing that would would exist, I guess. Like, and also, if it's a virus, viruses usually don't work in a matter of seconds. Um, Pache, the Andromeda strain, uh, but seriously, it's like, okay. I mean, maybe they all should have gotten sick and died quickly, maybe in a couple of days or whatnot, but it's, it's just, it's... It, Right, it's a comic. Why am I getting upset? Well, now let me get about upset about the other stuff. How did Cadmus know about this virus that was contained for some reason? Why did Superman have a... No, he didn't have a copy. He had a copy of the, the structure of the virus. So, ha, ooh, ha, mm, mm. Okay, I guess they gave him all of the knowledge of Krypton. So amidst all of the knowledge of Krypton, how did Cadmus hear about this virus? Right? There's only two people who go to the Fortress of Solitude, and I don't think either of them were talking. And another question, why is it called Medusa? Right? Uh, how would Cadmus know it was called M Medusa? Like, how would they know? Even if it was like, this is the Kryptonian. We have a Kryptonian legend about uh, a being that turns other beings to stone by looking at them, and the English translation is Medusa. How? Why would they? Why would they call it that? And how would Cadmus know that that was the translation? And why is this just? This is. See, okay. So at this point, the hand-waving becomes too much, right? They, the Kryptonians could have call it, called it anything um, and should have called it something else because Medusa only makes sense in a context where you have a person who killed things, by, a person who killed things easily by looking at them or whatever, uh, who happened to be called Medusa. And it... it <sighs> Kryptonians didn't have that myth. At least we've not been introduced to that myth in, on Krypton. So why would they name a virus after her? Why would they do it? Why? And then, how did Lillian Luther and her crap, crack team of psychopaths manage to re-engineer the virus so that it also didn't affect humans in a matter of seemingly days? Like, I don't know how long it took Evil Hank to get up to the Fortress of Solitude, and I don't know how long it took him to get back but it really seems like it's maybe been a couple of days since, like, the end of the last episode. Okay, now, this is eventually going to work for the good guys, too, but, I mean, this is just really... Uh, this is a lot. This is a lot. Okay, so other stuff going on in this episode. Um, it, it's Thanksgiving... Uh, Alex is about to come out to her mom and doesn't. Uh, Jimmy and Wynn want to come out to Kara as being a guardian, and they don't. The reason that they don't is that a portal 
appears. One of those interdimensional portal appears for a few seconds over Thanksgiving dinner. Um, this is going to happen three times. There's another time where the portal appears uh, when uh, Supergirl is fighting Hank, evil Hank. Um, and again, it doesn't do anything. And it really doesn't do anything until the end of the episode when Barry and Cisco pop out. And they're like, is this the right Earth? I don't know. Somebody's going to be really surprised. And then Supergirl walks in and sees it's Barry. And uh, apparently he and Cisco are still having problems because he introduces Cisco and his friend. And Cisco's like, really, we just work together. And Barry's like, hey, remember when I helped you out? You said you'd help me out. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, great. I need you to help me out now. So I guess that that is how they get her into the crossover. She doesn't have an official crossover episode, but she does get dragged into Invasion, which is, of course, the next Flash episode I'm going to watch, um, which I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, just want to see. I like the crossovers. I'm a sucker for them. want to see how they work. Okay, but back to the main thrust of the episode. Um, so, uh, Lillian Luther needs an isotope that L Corp has. She sends uh, Evil Hank to break into L Corp um, to get the isotope. Uh, Supergirl shows up. They have some fisticuffs. The portal, as I mentioned, shows up. Apparently, uh, Evil Hank has I-beams that he uses on Maggie when, like, the entire National City police force is shooting at him and having no effect. Like, he turns around and zaps her really quick. Um, and Supergirl flies over to her, and she says, just go get him. Uh, but the cyborg has dis disappeared. Cyborg has serious Batmaning abilities for something that is, well, for a person that is, is made largely of metal and has, uh, is, is much heavier and one would think clanks, uh, more than the average human would seem to do. But like you turn your back on the cyborg for a second, for a second. And he's gone. He's going to do that later on in the episode, too. Also, Cyborg is wearing a sort of uh, Phantom of the Opera half mask to cover the metallic parts that got exposed when he fought Supergirl the first time, which is weird because when you remove the metallic half mask, it's just more metal and a robot eye. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm not I'm really sure about that costume choice, but it, it exists. <laughs> uh, okay, so they fight... Uh, the cyborg, it's inconclusive. They go back to DEO. Like, is Monel going to get better? Uh, Alex's mom, um, somebody, Danvers, uh, has been asked to help out because she's an astrobiologist. She is working on a cure, but she's not sure she's going to get there in time. Uh, Jean reveals to Supergirl that he's turning into a white Martian and that he doesn't like it that much. Uh, and they all have a conversation about, well, what does Lena know? And Supergirl's like, no, 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 I looked into her eyes, Lena doesn't know anything. Oh, I should mention, Kara went to ask Lena about her mom, essentially, in the guise of being a reporter and doing an article. Lena's not dumb, she knew something was up. She called her mom, and she's like, Mom, what's up? Uh, and they had a very confrontational um, meeting, and of course Lillian didn't let any hints drop, and then Cyborg attacked Elcorp. So then... And uh, Supergirl went to see Lena to be like, hey, so look, um, your mom's the head of Cadmus, and Supergirl, Lena gets really upset, and I thought this was going to be the point at which they had the, the super person, Luther person break, where Lena, who had at first been an ally, now turns into an enemy for a relatively flimsy reason. 
But Lena doesn't want to believe it. Uh, so Supergirl goes away disappointed, and uh, I believe this is the point of the scene where she and Mono uh, smooch, right? Because he's dying and she's sitting there. And again, you know how I feel about this. Uh, I think it's dumb, but they smooch. Um, and Lena talks to her mom again, and uh, Lena's like, you did this. You were responsible for the aliens dying. I know you're the head of Cadmus. Let me help you. And she's like, here's the isotope. And Lillian's like, it's that easy? I didn't know you were part of the cause. And Lena says, you know, smiles. And they have the isotope. And then Cadmus does an announcement about how uh, all of the aliens are going to die. And for some reason, you know, includes in the announcement, I think, where... Do they include or does Wynn find out? Let's say Wynn finds out. Let's say Cadmus is not entirely stupid. Wynn finds out where the broadcast is coming from, which for some reason is, of course, the point at which they're going to launch the virus into the air. So Supergirl's about to go. She's like, scramble Alex and team. John's like, there's no time. It's just us. And she's like, you can't come, John. You're going to die. And he does this thing about, well, if I'm going to die, I want to die as a green Martian, not one of those white Martians. Um... And, uh, you know, samesies, I guess. Uh, it's, it's just one of those, it, it really, it convinces her really easily. You know, you know how it works. If you need somebody to be convinced, like, a, a halfway reasonable speech is going to do the job. So this speech does the job. Supergirl's like, okay, John, if you're going to die, then you're going to die on your own terms. So come on with me, and we'll go figure out what, uh, what's going on. So we get to see uh, some Hank-on-Hank -Hank violence as evil Hank finds, uh, fights Jean in the form of Hank, and uh, Lena and Lillian um, set off the rocket. Like, Lillian gives Lena the key to set off the rocket. She sets off the rocket, or the missile. It's a missile launcher. And Supergirl goes to try to fight it, or try to get it, and it doesn't quite work, and it explodes, and this these orange flakes drift down and then we see a montage of a bunch of aliens looking up at the orange flakes like it's snow and someone's taken a picture of it on their phone and Sean is staring at it in wonder and uh you know Supergirl comes back and like punches Cyborg out and the light in his robot eye fades and then they have a minute where they're like wait uh we're not dying and Lillian turns to Lena and is like you switched the isotopes and Lena's like Yes, I also called the police, and the police show up to arrest the head of Cadmus, which is weird for me, because I I thought that Lillian was going to be the big bad for the season, and maybe she's going to get out later, maybe she's not, maybe Lena is going to turn against Supergirl, and she's going to be the big bad, but um, right now there's no big bad, and that's interesting. Uh, I would rather there be a big bad and no love interest than a love interest and no big bad, but we'll we'll talk more about that in just a second. Um, and of course they turn around, like they took their eyes off, deactivated unconscious cyborg Superman for half a second, and he has Batmaned off to who knows where. But, uh, at the end of the episode, uh, they, they go back to the DEO. It looks like, uh, Alex's mom has managed to re-engineer, uh, the virus, uh, a, so that she's figured out a cure, Monel's going to be okay, and as a bonus, she manages to tell it to, it's so malleable, so easily malleable, that she manages to tell it to attack only Jean's white Martian cells, so it's attacking his white Martian cells and leaving the green, so he's fine too. Um, yeah, and then Supergirl has a conversation with Monel. are we going to talk about the kiss, uh, are we going to talk about what happened, 
And Mono's like, I don't remember what happened, which is, you already kissed, right? You already crossed that Rubicon. Um, and that, you know, seems to be mostly the big thing about relationships on these shows. It's like once you've kissed and, you know, you don't change the time stream or whatnot, Barry Allen looking at you, um, that's it. Then the relationship starts and, and we go from there. And so it's really strange to me that they're like, you know, uh, pushing this half-baked romance at us and then they're going to start it and then they're going to play more will they, won't they. Um, I, I, I don't know. I I don't like the decision. I don't agree with the decision. But again, I'm not a writer on this show. So there you have it. Uh, and other stuff, Alex does come out to her mom. Her mom is super understanding. Alex is like, I thought it was going to disappoint you. Her mom's like, no, no. You know, Alex is like, I thought, you know, you wanted me to have a regular life. And Alex's mom is like, look at what we're doing. No, I love you. You're my child. And it's really great. And it's really uh, pretty. And then uh, at the end of the episode, uh, Maggie, who got shot, it looked like she got shot more towards the shoulder, but it's a little bit in from the shoulder by uh, Evil Hank. Um, Alex is sewing her up and she has one of those, like, I almost died, life's too short realizations and comes to uh, Alex and has a, I almost died, life's too short speech. And it's basically like life's too short not to kiss the girls that I want to kiss and I want to kiss you and they start kissing. So there their relationship has started. The, the, uh, the shock of having come close to death has, uh, convinced, um, Maggie that dating somebody who's, uh, fresh off the boat is a good idea because of course making a decision after you've had a traumatic experience is also a good idea. I mean, it's, uh, I'm sure this relationship is, is going to be nothing but sunshine and rainbows. Um, and I wish I weren't saying that sarcastically because I'd actually like a relationship on the show to be nothing but sunshine and rainbows. Um, but of course it won't because that's the way these shows work. So, uh, all right, we're moving into invasion. It's going to be flash green arrow and then the legends and, uh, then they'll go back to their own storyline. So we've come to the end of another episode of arrow chapter and verse, and I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're having a good day and I will see you next time.